tax tax, which is always exciting. GST reform. That's a great idea. Have a more efficient yeah. tax. Due diligence now. Hello and welcome. This is Tax Wrap, episode number seven, brought to you by the tax specialists of Taxpayers Australia. My name is Nathan Hewitt, and today we're joined by Angela Lehman, Bill Mavropoulos, uh, Letty Choi, and Andy Nguyen, the uh, the full bench or the full court or the, the full tax team. Um, <laughs> we're currently holed up in Angela's office, which is a slightly smaller um, venue, so you can hear everything that goes on, including the jingle bells in my hand. Now... Um, we're in the lead up to Christmas time in the home stretch, actually, a couple of weeks away now, which is very, very exciting. And today we're going to be talking um, a lot about Christmas time, a lot about tax. But first, uh, down to business, the GST MBI case. Now, this was something that unfolded in the High Court uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it set something of a precedent for GST going forward. Uh, Bill, take us away with that. Okay, Nate. Um, look, this case was, was very, very complicated, uh, and this is probably just a high-level um, intro or, or sort of a, a news update for people out there. Um, what this case essentially did um, was clarify uh, at the highest level uh, what a supply actually means for GST purposes. And I think it's important because it, it, it gave people who are entering into real property transactions where there might be a lease involved a bit more clarity around exactly how uh, that transaction would be taxed from a GST perspective. Um, it confirmed the treatment of GST and leases for real property transactions. And um, it talked about a lot of those legal concepts like quiet enjoyment and some of the lease covenants mm-hmm. um, that, that um, generally, from a GST perspective, people don't really think about. Um, yeah, look, really interesting case, and just just a quick update. Does anyone have any questions around? So could you explain quiet enjoyment? Yeah, I was just about to ask. Is it quiet? Quiet, quiet uh, enjoyment. Quiet. Well, quiet enjoyment is 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 a lease um, covenant yeah, yeah. type term yep. where basically where you lease a property to a, to to another person, uh, they are entitled to quiet enjoyment, which means you you can't rock up to their house every every couple of days and and see how your asset is doing okay you're really giving them the enjoyment of that property right over on. that period so that's interesting so it's a, some form of exclusive possession in, in, in that that's case. spot on andy and, and a very legalistic way to bring it up there but um <laughs> yeah very good that is exactly what it is quite quite enjoyment is very much exclusive possession Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but this is the first time they've really given this level of clarity on, especially leases That's for GST. It's yep. been a pretty muddled area, hasn't it? It has, um, and the High Court did use decisions in, in the Qantas case, which, which was a massive GST case yeah, right. as well, to sort of bolster their arguments right. in that area. But you're right, Ange, this is the first time we've had clarity uh, for real property and leases, which so it is a big coup. And it is something that is um, a big part of the Australian economy. So it's yeah, it's a pretty important decision. Now, Bill, I understand that you're going to be writing an article about this in the new year. I am. Hopefully for February, we'll try and sneak it in there. Hang on, will that be in the uh, the taxpayer? Or? Yeah, the taxpayer. Okay, the taxpayer. So the February yep. edition of the taxpayer. Stay tuned for that one. 2015. Um, I I have drafted something, but I think if you want a bit more detail, that's probably where 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 you should go. We're looking forward to it. Cheers. It was funny uh, last week when Bill um, first heard about this MIB case. 
busting into the room, the journalism department. He's like, guys, guys, there's a bit of precedent set. GST. It's really exciting. And we're like, Bill, wait, slow down. Okay, what's happening? Thanks for embarrassing me now. <laughs> and then after, no, 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 I'm, I'm just saying there's a lot of passion there. And then after he explained it, we found that it was actually something really to be excited about. I mean, whenever the, the High Court, whenever a decision is made, um, whenever you see the wheels turning, it's quite exciting. Mm, yeah. It is. Definitely at the High Court level. And I guess, you know, GST's been around for almost 15 years. So, yeah. you know, every time it's, there's still twists and turns. And even with something so basic, it's, it's amazing that such a rudimentary transaction, such as a lease on, on real property, sure is still being explored by the High Court now. Well, that's the thing. For me as a layman, not really being in the, the sphere of, you know, anything to do with that, it's still exciting to know that the High Court is moving, that mm. the tax system is moving. You want to feel like things are happening as a taxpayer. You want to you want to get the idea that people are actually changing things, that it's a reflexive, evolving process. Sure, and that we're getting more and more certainty. Mm. Yeah, and uh, my confidence has grown. And, Until um, such time as the GST Act is revised. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, they well, watch out for the white paper. That's exactly. a white paper, yeah. yeah. Definitely talk about it. But um, look, that that's pretty much, it was just an update. Um, so FYI. We'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Yeah. Yep, well. okay. We know it's the season to be jolly and it's the season for gift giving. Um, but something that often comes up and many taxpayers have to deal with around Christmas time is the sphere of donations and volunteering. Now, it's something that um, is sort of all-encompassing when we're talking about in a business setting, um, but just for everyday taxpayers as well. Uh, Letty's going to talk about some things that people need to be mindful of when we're dealing with the sphere of donations and volunteering. Uh, absolutely, yes. Most of us know around Christmas time, you tend to get a lot of um, appeals uh, to help those who are in need. You have the Kmart Christmas tree, you have the Salvos appeals, mm. um, and you have a lot of workplace donation type of schemes. Uh, so what we all need to bear in mind is that the tax law does contain rules whereby you can take tax deductions for donations, but there are very strict restrictions on that. So to get a donation for your, to get a deduction for your donation, it must be a gift of cash or of property and it also must be made to what is called a deductible gift recipient. Mm. Now, you can check with the charity that you're donating to whether they are a DGR, or you can check online at the ABR, Australian Business Register website. So mm -hmm. it's quite important, isn't it, Letty? Because um, to be a deductible gift recipient, you've got to go through a lot of hoops and make sure you're Absolutely, and, and the charity should be able to tell you whether they are DGR, and in fact, it would probably be on the invoice when they give you uh, sorry, on the receipt where they give you one mm. for your donation. And Letty, with those deductible gift recipients, they're usually exempt from income tax, those entities, that those charities? Usually, usually, or, or at least from, uh, they'll get a lot of concessions for income tax, FBT and GST. Okay. Um, now, a lot of the time, people will also give time at Christmas to volunteer for charity. For example, they may help out in the soup kitchens mm -hmm. on Christmas Day, help those who are less fortunate themselves. Uh, People need to be aware that you can't take any tax deductions for your time. No matter how generous you're being, no matter how much <laughs> you think your time is valuable, no matter how much your workplace tells you your time is worth, you cannot take notional take deductions for the notional cost of your time okay. or for your expenses. Even even if you have to travel or um, or, or buy specific things in order to volunteer I, for your favorite that, charity. Is that even travel from your workplace to to? Yes, because yep, it, it is okay. very much a private thing. Okay. Uh, so, 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 lady, I've got a friend that's um, I've got a friend that's planning on going to to Thailand at the end of the year to do some volunteer work. So, 
would his uh, travel costs therefore be non-deductible? Is that what, what you're Correct. saying? Correct. Even if he's going um, under the umbrella of an Australian DTR, for example, if he's supporting um, a program through World Fishing or something like that and, and volunteers to go over to Thailand to help out with that, um, his expenses for his airfares, accommodation and so forth that he's personally incurring are not deductible to mm. him. What would be deductible to him is if he actually makes a cash donation to World Fishing in Australia. Yeah, okay. okay. Now, Letty, uh, this is a bit of a, probably an, an outlier on, on the, sure. the big spectrum. Um, around Christmas time, people find, uh, on Christmas Day particularly, people tend to go to church um, and make donations to the church um, on that day. Now, that's something that you see a lot more statistically because it is Christmas Day and I guess it's a, the Christian holiday. Um, so those donations made to the church on that day, would they be deductible or...? No, only if you're only if you're making a specific donation to an entity that is a registered DTR. For example, a lot of um, a lot of religious institutions do have specific building funds and things like that that okay. may perhaps be DTRs, or they may have a separate arm uh, for charity work or something like that. So what you do need to do is to confirm whether the actual entity you're making your gift of cash or property to mm. is actually a DTR. Okay. So is the general rule of thumb that if you're volunteering your time, you're basically volunteering your time. That's right. Yes, yeah. it's, it's and yeah, I suppose if you're going to give that that time, you're probably not in the mindset that you want to be no. claiming a little bit back or seeing where you can chip away. The well, I think it's sure, it's just a bit clear though. Yeah, yes, it's important certainly. if you're a church and you do have an entity that is a uh, deductible gift recipient to let people know that mm. to maybe say to them, look, make yeah. the donation yeah. there. But then it's also to direct those funds for that particular purpose okay. as well. So yep. So no, Certainly. so no matter whether you're a business or a charity, it looks like cash is king. Mm. That's yeah, it. That's and right. I think I think the other sort of slip up in most situations is where people actually receive something. So um, I can't think of a Christmas example, but Anzac Day, for example, if you're buying a badge for ten dollars, mm. then it's not a donation, correct, it? it's so not a donation. Oh, really? You're not right, claiming your ten dollars. You're actually receiving something. Okay, so that's what that the distinction is. Transaction. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yes. I think that's where some people may get confused at times. Yeah, I didn't know that. Because yeah. to be a deductible donation, Angel is correct, it must be a gift of cash or property. And to be a gift, you must just, it must be one way. Yeah. Okay. So one way, that's it. Yeah. Or there's no sort of distinction between the value of, you know, you might give $10 and what you receive is only worth $2 and there's no sort of... Oh, look, uh, I mean... That's that's business though. Like okay. the, that's how they make it's a profit. They sell <laughs> yeah. they sell something for for less than it costs them to make. Yeah, yeah. So no, there is no distinction. Okay, there, there you go. That's interesting. Um, our still, listeners will still, know. We still keep placing those gifts under the Kmart wishing table. <laughs> I keep doing that. Many definitely. Yeah, it. it's a fantastic initiative. Now, uh, a lot of our listeners will know that our tax team are very passionate, and particularly when tax and Christmas coalesce we get really excited which is a fantastic thing it's really really great to see um i joined tax Base australia this year and i've never seen people get so excited both about tax and about christmas <laughs> at the same time predominantly christmas but yeah okay. <laughs> we're sitting in Angie's office now and andy's wearing his christmas hat which has leds on the front that, <laughs> that light up rhythmically yes he's just turned them on that's fantastic <laughs> so he brings brightness into our day um and we were just talking a couple of weeks ago about things that we'd like to see ideally in a perfect tax system, things that we'd like to change, a Christmas tax wish list, if you will. Now, I'm going to take it away. Um, yeah. As a consumer, not as a tax specialist, as a layman, um, things that frustrate me, uh, particularly when you're buying stuff around Christmas time, I guess that's a really good example of when you see that happen, is the Australia tax, or what's called the Australia tax. Essentially, we pay 
a, a prestigious fee on top of um, thing, on top of you know recommended retail price for certain things like technological products, software. Um, yeah, software. Uh, you might pay it on a camera. So if you go and buy an SLR at the store for a Canon SLR or an everyday SLR, you might pay two hundred dollars more in Australia. These are not exact figures. Two hundred dollars more in Australia than you would pay in the US for the same exact product. Now this is rife. It's talked about in the industry quite a lot as being quite unfair, and there's often no explanation for it, Absolutely. which as a lame, I find that very frustrating. So my Christmas wish for the tax system would be to have some sort of protocol where the prices get leveled out. Um, I mean, obviously you have to account for you know importing fees and travel fees and all that sort of stuff to get the product actually over, and that I accept. But I don't accept you know two hundred. Like maybe to, a capped markup or yeah, something like yeah, that. That would be nice. I yeah. don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. I mean, I was in a, a guitar store the other day, and um, a lot of musicians will know that this is something that happens quite often. You'll pay. Um, sometimes double the price for a guitar that was made in America, for instance, in Australia. And there's no explanation for it. The people at the guitar store often mark the price down further from there because they say, hey, we're making almost, you know. Nothing on it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it, it's just, it's frustrating to them just as it is to us because the price is just, you know, and they set the price and that's it and there's nothing well, we can I do guess, about it. I guess in, the, in a globalised economy, you actually have access to the prices in America so you, you know exactly yeah. by how much they're marking up. So I can I can understand the frustration, and that takes us back to the whole VPN conversation, the virtual private network, using um, an online entity that's based overseas oh. to act like an overseas entity to pay overseas prices. Now that would obviously, Netflix. yeah, with Netflix, that that's a big example. Now there are certain things with which that wouldn't work, um, and it, it becomes a little bit more problematic when you're pretending to be someone in Ohio or Michigan in the yes. United States and send yourself a camera. <laughs> It gets a little bit sticky and prickly and probably hard to work out, but <laughs> in a in a globalised marketplace kind of model, that would be fantastic. That's what I'd like to see. So who's up next, Vass? You want to... All right. Um, mine is probably in, in a similar vein. It is um, around international tax. I'd actually like to see our multinationals pay an appropriate amount of oh. tax. <laughs> Amen. Um, and I know that that's a controversial statement, and I know I'm going to get sort of... Um, a little bit of a bit of banter from the the other members of the panel, um, but look, I think it's imp importantly. I, I don't mean from a legal standpoint because I think right now, I think you've got to sort of say that all of those multinationals, by and large, do the right thing. Look at the agreements in place and and pay the legal amount of tax. I guess what I sort of where I'm coming from is is an amount of tax that both the general public and those those various multinationals are comfortable paying yeah. um, to, to really fix that problem because I think it is is a bigger and bigger issue as we go forward. Yeah, I mean, it's been a real key theme this year, Bill, you know, sort of base erosion and profit shifting. That's, that's, uh, that's been in the vernacular throughout mm. the course of the year. At the G20, we've been hearing about it a lot. Governments are trying to take action yeah. with that. So and what do you think, Andy? Do you think I'll get my wish? Well, hopefully, you know, with information exchange agreements uh, between some of the uh, jurisdictions, hopefully, you know, day by day, we'll, we'll get a little bit closer okay. to that. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be watching over <laughs> Christmas to see. <laughs> with bated breath. We, we, we do hope, of course, that in, in, in this so-called global crackdown on uh, multinational profit shifting, that, we, that the government still do encourage international trade. It is good for all yeah. the economies. It is good for... Uh, individual consumers as well. A valid point, Letty. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't want to lose sight of so the actual 
economic benefits that, that yeah. um, those multinationals bring. So but mm. as you said, Bill, it's not a matter of they're, they're rorting, like, well, to, to some extent it's rorting the system, but they're not actually doing anything illegal, no, not compliant. Not. It's just uh, the disconnect between the current legislation and... That's what I think, Andrew, yeah. like, and, you know, like it's, And the world has changed a lot since the legislation has been written. Absolutely. And that's, and that's why has. these agreements are all being updated, and mm. that's why all the governments are talking to each other now. Mm. And, mm. That's, and that's the wonderful thing about tax, you know, sort of, we also <laughs> talk about fairness and equity. That's so. right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, guess, I guess that's the, the thing that interests me in this area is that they're trying to bring 20th century tax concepts mm. into the 21st century. Mm. Um, and, and Nathan was just alluding to... Uh, you, you can buy things overseas and an overseas address through forwarding services and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Watch Net Netflix without having <laughs> any <laughs> well, presence in America. Uh, yeah. uh, and our tax laws currently don't really cater for that. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because that's the, the same ethical debate playing out on a much smaller scale. I mean, we, we're quick to roar down the, uh, the ethical questionability of multinationals evading tax by routing their profits through places mm. like Luxembourg and but what about the other side? And the Caymans, what the but what side? about yeah. the everyday VPN user? I mean, well, piracy is piracy. That's that's sure. pretty much how it goes. But a VPN users often sort of say, well, hey, I'm still paying for the Netflix service. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the right thing. They're just not giving me access to the content. So I'm piggybacking off, you know, this oh, American right. system that you won't give me access to. So it's kind of like this philanthropic, um, altruistic <laughs> approach to paying for, to tax evasion, essentially. Okay. Nathan, I'd well, say... Well, is it? A question. Let me sort of throw this back at you, Nathan. Um, what is the relative bargaining power of those individuals using uh, VPNs as opposed <laughs> to the multinational... Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Like, but if we're talking about the, the, the bare-bones ethical question... Yes, it still is an ethical, definitely. It's, it's funny that... like. And that's why Nathan will be a tax specialist soon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's shaking his right head now. for all of you out there. I think we've just, made him, we've just turned him into a tomato. Then. <laughs> that's right. that's Netflix right. is coming to Australia in March, so we'll see, oh, yeah. see yes. how we'll see how it plays up there with yeah. Australia tax and how consumers respond to it. Hashtag Game of Thrones. Now, Lenny, what would your Christmas wish list sure. well, item as be? We've heard um, over the year the government has cut about 3,000 jobs from the ATO mm -hmm. um, and there's rumours that there may possibly be more to come because there's still government reviews going on as to uh, efficiency and cost cutting and so forth. Now while it is important for the public sector to tighten their belts and to operate as efficiently as possible, our concern as tax specialists is that the ATO may not now be adequately staffed mm -hmm. or adequately skilled to serve the community properly and my wish is that in the next year, and not just in the next year, but in the coming years, uh, that even with a smaller staff, the ATO will find ways to ensure that their staff are properly skilled, are properly resourced, so that they can be efficient, they can serve, they can serve uh, the taxpayers well, mm -hmm. and also to ensure compliance, so that whether you're multinational or whether you're um, the average Mr. and Mrs. Suburban, everybody is paying the fair share of tax but getting treated fairly as well. Mm. I like that, Mr and Mrs Suburban. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that Letty, before. Letty, do you think that maybe Taxpayers Australia could sort of fill the breach there? Because, I mean, we've got a helpline service to, to help people comply. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's what our services are geared towards, to help businesses, to help individuals, uh, and to help any interested parties, even if you don't work in tax, to understand your tax obligations, 
and also to not not un, not just to understand your deductions and accessible income, but also to understand the role of the ATO mm. and to and to understand your rights and obligations. Yeah. But I guess the great thing is you get to speak to one of us lovely people. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool Who guys. haven't we done? Who hasn't sat on Santa's? Lap metaphorically. <laughs> I think that's me. Okay, Ange, take it away. Okay, so I'm, I'm, partially saying this from a, you know, personal perspective that is purely you know personal gain perspective. But I think also there'll be some businesses out there that agree with me. But I would like to see this proposal by Treasury to simplify the employee share scheme. Um, rules. I'd like to see that come through and I'd like for it to be really simplified as opposed to other tax simplification systems we've undergone in the past and they haven't been quite so simple. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'd really like to see that simplified. I think for small businesses especially, it makes life so much more difficult to compete on that scale. Um, Trying to offer capital to your staff where you can't afford high wages Mm and to reward them through capital. Um, mm. And it's just so difficult at the moment, but even as an advisor and to any tax, pra- tax practitioners out there, I'm sure you'll you know agree, it is such a hard area of legislation to advise on. Um, and it's just too complicated. So my wish list is please, 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 Treasury, help us, let's get this through and uh, make it as simple as possible and as accessible as possible to the taxpayers. Angela, mm-hmm. just on, you said remunerating people through capital, yeah. employees through yeah. capital. Can you touch on that in a bit more detail? Bill. For the guys in the room that don't don't um, deal too much with employment taxes. Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, uh, instead of paying cash, or, okay. well, they would have an element of cash, but where they can't afford to pay a really high cash salary, they would offer shares in the business. Okay. So, so they'd cool. say, Nath, we can only offer you this much in salary, but we'll issue you 4,000 shares in the business. In the actual business. Mm. And in that mm. case, well, indirectly, you would get profit from the business via a dividend, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And growth. obviously capital growth on your shares as well. So I like that yeah, from a performance yeah. perspective as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of them are, are tied to performance hurdles yeah. and okay. conditions as well. So meeting certain KPIs, etc. And that's fine too. But mm. I think the actual tax legislation behind it is just too complicated. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've heard that some of those guys that uh, were in part of the initial startup of Google did. They're all millionaires now, so, so you know, it, is, it can be it can be quite uh, you know a great incentive. Yeah, I'll take one percent of Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could get in on the ground floor. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So KPIs, key performance indicators, right? Yes. Sorry, Nate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just want to make sure I got the terminology <laughs> covered off. Well, um, is everyone had there? Sorry, Andy, take it away. Santa himself. With the, the Santa hat, he's garbed perfectly. <laughs> well, Don the hat. Well, my Christmas wish list is I've got a thing against bracket creep, you know, <laughs> and bracket creep be, uh, does hurt uh, does hurt a lot of taxpayers. Um, according to the uh, ABS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, average salary these days is roughly about seventy five thousand. Wow! And when you think about it, you know the that's you know one pay rise away from the next uh, threshold, which yeah. is eighty thousand. So yeah. currently, at that um, with that tax rate, currently thirty two and a half. Cents in a dollar. If you make seventy five, roughly seventy five thousand. Obviously, that's um, 
in that bracket. Mm, you're taking a lot less. You're back, taking a lot yeah. less, but uh, once you exceed eighty thousand, that starts to be thirty-seven cents in the dollar. So, mm. yeah. my Christmas wish list, or the thing that I like Santa to to do for me, is to to actually give us a little bit of a CPI increase or some sort of uh, indexation to the tax scales oh. to make sure yeah. that uh, you know everybody who gets a now that's nice a Christmas present, Andy. Nice Christmas, bo- uh, nice Christmas bonus this year. That's for everyone. Year. That one, yeah. Uh, we'll hopefully uh, we'll be able to, uh, you know, s- still pay thirty-two cents in the dollar rather than uh, thirty-seven cents in the dollar. So, hopefully, I think, I think everyone can agree with you, Andy. This yeah. is how late I'll jump on board with that. Yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll hopefully see that as a recommendation in the uh, white paper in the new year. I'd love to see that. <laughs> okay, it's about time to wrap it up on our final episode of Tax Wrap for 2014. It's been a, a fantastic time. Um, I've really enjoyed setting the tone for the podcast in 2015. <laughs> I'm going to talk over my own jingle. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're going to be coming back early January 2015. We'll keep you posted on the date, not ex- exactly sure when. And we're really looking forward to some... Um, Lively tax banter, yeah. salacious gossip yep. in the new year. And also stay tuned for our punk rock album, Mr. and Mrs. Suburban. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the sure tax thing. specialists of Taxpayers Australia. On behalf of Taxpayers Australia, we'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a safe and happy new year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. See you, everyone.